Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. How's everybody feeling this morning? We all good today? Hey, before we really get going, I wanted to take a second and again, I want to publicly honor uh, Sam Harris. Sam in here right now? Is he out in the lobby maybe? Hey, Sam served in our Air Force for four years. It was Veterans Day a few days ago. So if you see Sam, he's got a sweet like khaki thick jacket on. He's awesome. He's, he's the nicest guy out there right now, I promise you. Go thank him for his service. Come on, y'all give him a hand even just right here. Thank you, Sam. Huh? And if there's anybody, is anybody else serving the military that's in here? We're going to just honor you? No? Okay, hey. Well, if you'd feel embarrassed just now because you didn't want to raise your hand, thank you anyway, all right? But I know Sam did. If I don't know, tell me because I want to know. I want to be able to honor you as well. Um, typically, uh, Pastor Steph and I, we come here um, on the weekends, and we have a very specific message and the way we want to convey this message to you guys every single week. And we want you guys to leave feeling better than when you came in. Uh, We want to encourage you because you don't need help believing the worst about yourself. All right? The world tells you that over and over again throughout the week. And so we feel like it's our job for you to come in here and remind you who God says you are and to be encouraging to you and to let you know. that. And so hopefully the vibe of our services, there's Sam right there. Come on, y'all give Sam a hand, everybody. Let's go. Come on now. I love that. Next year, I'm going to give you a coin. I'm going to coin you, all right? Just I, I, mark it on the calendar. Uh, somebody write that down, though, okay? <clears throat> but typically, we want you to laugh. We want you to have a great time here. And I always want our messages to be life-giving. Uh, there's not many things that you experience throughout the week, if you're being honest, that are truly life-giving. And this is a place where you're going to find life. You're going you're gonna to get something life-giving. But today... I'm going to create a lot of tension, and I'm not going to give you the solution today. And I just want you to know that. And I want you to understand this might be a little heavier today. Uh, it might be feel a little different. But this is something that I really feel like we need to be talking about, especially with the crowd we have that come to our church. Um, a lot of you guys are new to church, or you're, you're recently back after being gone for a while. Or maybe you're a Christian in here, and you've been to church a bunch, but you something in you just feels a little different Today, we're going to talk about something, and I'm not going to give you a quick fix. I try always, every week, to give you like, hey, here's the tension, but here's the solution. And you're not really going to get the solution from me today. And so I just want to prepare you for that. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to start this whole thing off um, by asking you a question, because here's the deal. There are a lot of problems that you face that can't be solved in 35 minutes, or roughly, I roughly speak for 35 minutes. That's what my timer says. Sometimes I go over, but uh, I'll try not. I try not to. But some they're, they're too complicated to solve in 35 minutes, and they're they're too. This is one of those those Sundays. I don't know if I could solve your problem in 35 minutes, but if you give us a few weeks, I think we can get there. I think we can. But I'm going to ask you a question that might be a little surprising coming from a pastor today, and I want to ask you this question, and I don't want you to answer it. I don't want you to answer it out loud, but I want you to think about it, and I think this might connect with some of you today. Here's the question I'm going to ask you. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Are you sure? Y'all sound hesitant. Are you ready? All right, here's the question. It's right here. 
Do you ever feel like Christianity isn't working? Do you ever feel like Christianity isn't working? Now, some of you, you're like, I do, but I would never admit that. Now, I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, but here's what I know. I know that some of you feel that way. I felt that way. Maybe for you, uh, and I'm talking to our OGs here, our team that's been with us for a little while, right? Maybe you're getting a little burned out on the busyness of church. Man, we gotta show up early. Man, we were unloading that container today. Typically, Joey does all this by himself, by the way, unloads the container. My man threw his back out. And so we came here today and we unloaded that thing. And maybe that's got you a little burned out today. Maybe... Man, just the busyness of setup and teardown, and, uh, and maybe you feel like I'm the only one that does this at this church. It's a lot of work. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're discouraged in this room because your prayers don't seem to be working. You've been praying the same prayer. Maybe you just don't feel like, man, I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling, like they're, they're not really connecting to God. Or maybe for you, man, you feel like you're doing everything right, but everything in your life seems to be going wrong. And so maybe you think Christianity just isn't working. Maybe this whole thing is not working. This can present itself this way in a lot of different, this can present itself in a lot of different ways in our church. There could be a boy that goes to this church and he's in kids right now, which by the way, that's where I was at the beginning of the service. I had to do a like a pie, not a, like a whipped cream pie eating contest in there. So if I have anything on my face, that's what it is. Okay. But anyway, um, but maybe there's a boy over there and his parents might serve here. And I'm not just secretly talking about anything real. I'm just giving you an example, by the way. And, th- and maybe the parents serve here. And at church, he hears one thing and he sees his parents doing one thing. But at home, he's getting a very inconsistent message. Parents are fighting. Uh, they, they might be uh, fighting a lot, might be sleeping in different bedrooms. And all of a sudden, he hears that his parents are going to get divorced. And he's been praying and praying, God, would you help my mom and dad love each other? Would you help my mom and dad quit fighting? And he might be thinking, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? Like, why didn't you answer this? My my teacher said that if I prayed that you would help me. Why didn't you? Do you even care? Does Christianity even work? Maybe for you it shows up this way. Uh, there, you might be a couple in here. You love Jesus, uh, and you're doing everything right. Uh, there, you're, you're dating, you're waiting uh, before you get involved in mating. Come on, somebody, right? Like, you're, you're doing it the right way. And maybe you even lead a small group where you serve together and you got the Oasis sticker on your car. Come on, who's got the Oasis bumper sticker on their car? Just me. All righty. We need to give those out. I don't either. We'll, we'll make more. Y'all need to get, hey, but when you do, be careful of the other stickers that are on your car, okay? Don't be pushing a message that we don't be, we're not preaching here, okay? But maybe they, this, this couple serves together. They got the sticker on their car. Maybe it's just us. But one day you find out that you lost your job. And maybe you get married to this person one day and you start trying to have kids and it's taking you a really long time, but everyone else you know is having babies and you're stuck waiting and you're asking yourself, God, where are you? Does this even work? Does Christianity even work? Maybe you're just a normal family in here and you're average, right? Like you go to church, you read the Bible, you listen to Caleb. Come on, somebody. I don't really listen to Caleb. Anybody love Caleb in here? I know Donna likes Caleb. I know it. I know it. And uh, you have decent jobs, right? You got a great place to live. You got a great car. You got great friends that you vacation with, which you know they're a great friend if you can go on vacation with them and remain friends after it's over, right? Uh, and, but something is just off in you. 
You can't seem to be happy. Uh, you, you, you fight depression and anxiety. You're, you have trouble feeling fulfilled. And you're thinking, does Christianity even work? And you think to yourself, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And today, if you've ever wondered that, if you're hurting, if you're confused, if you're a little overwhelmed, if you're anxious, I pray that today you can start to understand that there might be, there is a better way. You know, the Bible says this in John 14. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas, Thomas gets a bad rap. Y'all, how many, what's Thomas's real name in the Bible? Doubting Thomas. He gets, but he asked a question that they're all, Jesus is saying crazy stuff. He's like, your father's, your dad Joseph? Like, who are you talking about, right? Like, he has a mansion? Why are we sleeping in the streets, Jesus? Like, he's got all this, he's got, and Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, actually. So how can you say that we know the way, y'all say the way. Jesus answered and he says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so today, we're gonna start a series called A Better Way. Y'all say a better way. Come on, let's pray together. God, I pray that you would speak through me today. I pray in the quietness of this moment that you would meet us here. Open our hearts, open our ears. I pray everything that is needed to be heard is heard. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, how many of you guys would agree that the way you do something matters? Come on, the way you do something matters. Uh, There's a lot of mean Christians that do things the wrong way all the time. Maybe you heard growing up, you better repent or you're gonna burn in hell, baby. That's what you maybe heard. That might be true, but that's not really the right way to do it, right? There's gotta be a better way to do that. If you're married, you know this is true, right? Like the the way you do something matters. How many of y'all have ever loaded the dishwasher wrong before? How many, of, how many of your spouses load the dishwasher wrong? Okay, how many of you know you could say something two ways? The way you say it matters. You can look at your wife and say, you're wearing that? Or you could say, oh, you're wearing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way you say stuff matters, right? Like, you just know this. And if you're a Christian in the room, you've heard that verse, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But the thing that you probably focused on because of your pastors growing up, because of people like me, which I'm guilty of this too, we tend to teach a lot on the truth. Because the Bible says, like, know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's pastor's jobs to give you guys the truth, to teach you what God says. But we miss a big component. And certainly Jesus is talking about he's the physical way to get to God. Jesus is the only way to God. That's what we believe. Come on, amen, somebody. Let's go. Jesus is the only way to get to God. There's no other religion that will get you there. Jesus is the only way. And we focus on truth all the time, but we don't often talk about the way. And that's what he's talking about. But I also believe that he's talking about something different here as well. 
And while this is talking about Jesus being the only way to God, I also believe that living the way that Jesus lived is a reflection of the truth that Jesus taught. Living the way that Jesus lived is a reflection of the truth that Jesus taught. And he taught you not only that he is the way, but he taught you the way to live your life, all right? Does that make sense? Does that make sense what I'm saying? All right, so uh, let's, we're gonna play a little Bible trivia real quick. If you know the answer to this question, do not blurt it out. Don't be that guy, okay? But I wanna ask maybe for people that don't know, I'm curious to, to hear maybe what your thoughts are. What were the first century Christians referred to? Okay, so what do you think the first century Christians were called? So these were people that were like the first Christians ever. These like the disciples and the people that they converted. Does anyone actually know what they were called back in the day? It's okay, raise your hand. I'm not gonna call on you. Okay, great. So all of you are about to learn something. The first century Christians, they weren't called Christians. They weren't called religious. Uh, they weren't called, let's see, uh, they weren't called Bible thumpers. They weren't called Jesus freak. No, no, no. The spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, demon-crushing, come on, somebody, self-sacrificing world changers were called people of the way. That's what they were called. They weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way. And the movement that they started was called the way. It's fascinating. You see, their goal was not to have right theology. Their goal wasn't to just have strong morality, even though that's what we've made Christianity into today. Man, we just have to be perfect in our theology. We have to have strong morals, which all those things are very important. But we've neglected this. The thing that the, the first century Christians had is that they understood the goal was to live and love the way that Jesus loved the way that Jesus loved. And so they were so known for that fact that people called them the way. That's what they were referred to as. And if we begin to think about how Jesus lived his life, the way that Jesus lived his life, compared to the way that we live our lives, it's very different. Like, think about it for a second. Jesus, when he was uh, interacted with people, he was full of joy. He interacted with other people at the grocery store, that friend from high school that you see when you're shopping, right, or that person. On the, he was filled with joy interacting with people. How many of y'all would categorize yourself as being filled with joy and interact with people? Nobody, right? Because when we get around people, we're like, gosh, please don't let them see me right now. Please don't let them see me right now. And you'll avoid them in the store, right? Sometimes being around people for you, maybe you have social anxiety, it's stressful for you. We're full of stress and anxiety when we're, when we're around people. But Jesus, the way he lived his life, he was full of joy. Jesus also didn't worry. There's a story in the Bible where the disciples are in a little bitty boat crossing a sea, and all of a sudden this terrible storm hits, and the disciples, by the way, who a lot of them were experienced fishermen, they knew how to operate a boat. They knew how to navigate a boat in a storm. And this storm was so bad that these disciples, who were very experienced in this, were freaking out. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, I was actually in a tornado, and that made me really afraid of storms for a little while. And I remember a storm would come through, and I would freak out. And my dad would always say, if I'm not nervous, you don't need to be nervous. Like, if I'm not scared, you don't need to be scared. And, the, and so these disciples were freaking out. These are the people that if you saw them freaking out, you'd be freaking out, because that's how experienced they were. Well, where's Jesus in the midst of all this storm? That dude is taking a nap in the back of the boat, just chilling, sleeping on a little pillow back there. Because why? Because he didn't worry. But for us, people refer to, like, uh, sociologists refer to this as the most anxious generation of all time. 
We're worried about everything. And COVID did not make this better, by the way. Like this made it a lot worse for a lot of people. We naturally worry. When Jesus saw people who had a need, he would stop and spend time with them. That person that sits at the intersection, that's asking for money because they might be homeless or they might be struggling. How many of you, don't don't raise hands because I think this is everybody. How many of you just like, Stay forward, do not acknowledge, do not look left, do not look, do not let them see me. If they see me, they're gonna come to, oh, he's coming through my window, what do I, you know, you start feeling this way. You know, Jesus would park the car and get out and have a conversation with these people. But us, we like to avoid people and we're oftentimes too busy to even see the need. Jesus was never too busy to even see the need. He saw people. Jesus was also consumed with ongoing fellowship with his father. But I have a hard time praying for two minutes before my phone will distract me. Come on, am I the only one in here, right? Like you just have a hard time even staying concentrated that long to pray. Imagine if Jesus was so consumed with culture like we are today. I mean, I can imagine Jesus, man, he's on Instagram, or he might be thinking, you know, I'm so sick of these open-toed sandals right now. I'm getting dirt and camel poop on my feet. My my toes look nasty, right? I need to get me a new pair of Nike Air Maxes. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know? uh, That's all my son can talk about right now. Or maybe he's scrolling through Instagram, and he says, man, look at JTB. JTB. JTB is John the Baptist's Instagram handle, by the way. All right, look at JTB. He's got more followers than I do, and he said he's not even unworthy to untie my Air Maxes. Come on now, like, can you believe this, right? Or or he heals so many people, he's tired after a long day, and he's like, you know what? I think I need to pop a cold one right now. I'm, I'm exhausted. I just need to take a load off, right? Like, it's ridiculous to think of Jesus that way. But that's how we are. That's how we are. That's how we live our lives. That's the way we live our lives. But it's almost impossible to imagine Jesus living this way. Does that make sense? Like, he wasn't like this. And there's a, there's a difference. There's a disconnect between the way Jesus lived and the way that we live. And even when you think about Jesus and the way that he logistically got, got from point A to point B, what does the Bible say he did? He walked. If he had to go from here to Gullitzville, that choker was walking. And he, the Bible never says he scurried from one town to the other. He wasn't running. He wasn't in a hurry. He didn't catch an Uber. He didn't try to speed to get, no, no. He walked. He, he walked. But me, I'm always in a hurry. Like, Steph's nodding. Be careful down here now. Don't be, don't be shouting too much right now. I'm always in a hurry. Like, I, I want to get it done fast. Come on, we got to get this done. Hey, we got to go. Kids, come on, why aren't your shoes on? Come on, like, where, you don't know where your other shoe is? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, always in a hurry. I'm always in a hurry. If you don't believe me, just leave the house with me one day. You'll understand real quick. Like, I'm always in a hurry. And I turn into a person that I don't like, when I, I, I don't, but that's just how I am, right? Like, I just am in a hurry. Am I right? Okay, yeah, that's why she loves Sundays because I leave before her. But I realized I'm rushing to become a person that I don't even like. Some of you, you're in a hurry to be a person that you don't even like. You can't even, you don't even like the person that you're becoming. And I'm gonna get, can I get vulnerable with y'all? Can I just be honest? Are y'all okay if your pastor just gets real vulnerable with you today? I didn't realize this until I started preparing for this message and I saw pictures of me 
from when I was younger. And I have a slideshow I'm going to throw up up here. This is going to seem like I've died and you're at my funeral. Um, I haven't. I'm okay. But if I look at these pictures, and it's okay to laugh and stuff at some of these, I look happier. Like, I look lighter, physically lighter, and emotionally lighter. I had hair. Has one come up with me that has hair yet? Look, yeah, look, I had hair. What happened to my hair? I'll tell you what happened to my hair. We started a church. That's what happened to my hair. That's our senior prom. Look at that right there. Isn't that just beautiful? That's our, <laughs> look at the hair. Look at the hair. And the, well, that's gone now. That was, one of, that was a trip to D.C. we took. Like, I just look at this. You can keep that going as I'm talking. And I, I see a person that I don't even recognize anymore. And some way, somewhere along the way, things got more stressful. We started having kids, right? Like uh, we moved across the country down to Florida, away from all of our family. We had more children. And you're like, don't you know what causes that? I do. We're unwilling to give that up, all right? Uh, <laughs> that made y'all feel awkward. I'm sorry. At one point, I was working, (laughs) dad. (laughs) Uh, At one point, I had two jobs at the church. We had a newborn, and I was going to school for 15 hours uh, full-time school uh, in college. And uh, that was crazy. And I remember uh, shortly after that, we decided to plant the church, and we moved. Two weeks after we moved, the pandemic starts. And this dream we had of starting this church, it felt like in that moment that we had built our dream home and we were watching it burn to the ground before we could ever live in it. And uh, I remember how difficult it was to try to start something new in a time where there was no trust for authority, and there still really isn't any trust for authority, thanks to a lot of reasons. Uh, People didn't want to be together. Or people that did want to be together hated you for not wanting to be with other people because of the pandemic and us navigating through all this at the same time. And uh, we ended up starting our church at night on Sunday nights, and it just wasn't working. And I mean, we were just didn't know what to do. Uh, we were discouraged most Sundays, if I'm being honest with you. There was a time Stephanie sat on our fireplace and was crying and just said, I want us to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And the thing is, she was braver than me because I was thinking it, but she had the courage to say it out loud. And uh, it was not fun. And about a year ago this time, if I'm being honest, I was started to have these uh, strange episodes where I would get tunnel vision and my heart would start having palpitations and I, my vision would get really fuzzy and I would have trouble catching my breath and I would feel lightheaded and dizzy and I would feel like the world was caving in. This is a year ago. And I didn't know what was causing it. And it would happen in weird times. Like I would be driving and it would happen or watching a movie at the movie theater, it would happen. And I go to the doctor, I check out my heart, my heart's fine, it wasn't that. And I start therapy and I began to realize that I was having very frequent panic and anxiety attacks. And when my, when my body would stop and my brain would just turn off, like, you know, when you're in the car, you're kind of going autopilot. Anytime my brain would do that, my brain would be like, oh no, you're thinking about all this stuff. And it would push everything to the front of my brain. And it would just make you feel like you're having a heart attack. It was very scary. And, uh, <clears throat> and that was because I was carrying so much stress around. I was so busy. I was working a lot, writing a lot. 
and, and doing all this stuff without seeing the reward that I wanted to see. And uh, on top of that, I was going to the gym, working out, like doing a great job working out and stuff, and I hurt my knee, and I that put a stop to that for a little while, and that stinks because it's hard to get back after you've stopped, right? And uh, I was also having trouble navigating a relationship in my life that was really complicated at the time. And on top of all that, Oasis Church hasn't gotten any easier. It's only gotten more complicated because, praise God, we've tripled since we started in January. It's been awesome. Uh, but that comes with even more stress. And if I'm not careful, I, I can find myself drifting back to this person that I don't even like. And I've realized that the way I've been doing the work of God was destroying the work of God in me. The way I've been doing the work of God was destroying the work of God in me. And it was because I was doing it in a way that wasn't reflecting the way that Jesus would do it. But that's just me. What about you? The way that you're doing life, your schedule, your pace, it's destroying your life. It's destroying your life. You're too busy for having godly community. You're too busy to get involved in something that is beyond yourself. Uh, you're too busy to have friends in your life. But that's just the way we do it, right? That's just the way the world works. It's the way to success. It's the way to win. It's the way to get ahead. It's the way to get happy. We have to push it, drive harder, achieve more, conquer more. That's how we get things. We got to show them what we got, right? That's just the way we do it, right? But the Bible says this, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. One of the books we actually taught on last year was called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Michael Comber. If you have not read that book, stop what you're doing as soon as you leave here. Go buy that book. I'm telling you, it will change the way you view life. We begin to teach on that, and our lives begin to change, and we begin to push pause. Even while I was preparing for this, you know, I deleted Instagram, Facebook off my phone. My gosh, I haven't been on my phone as much. I'm still on it it's more than I would like to be, but I'm getting there, right? And I've started reading more. I'm just like, all right, I got to get out all the crap in my life and just focus on what really matters, right? But that book, it kind of focuses around this passage. It says this it's in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, what's that word? Rest. Take my yoke upon you. Not an egg yolk, but a yoke. All right, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, what's that word? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if you look at this passage and you understand what these words mean, it's really weird. It's confusing because Jesus is saying, hey, if you're weary, if you feel overworked, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel really tired, like not just I need a nap tired, but like 
I could sleep for 12 hours and I would still be tired. I'm exhausted. I'm depleted. If you feel that way, which most of you probably in this room are dealing with that in some way or another, uh, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. And you hear that first part and you're like, thank God. Like, that's exactly, I need rest. But then he goes on and he says this, take my yoke upon you. And you would know what a yoke was when he's talking. It's like a manual labor tool. It's, it'd be like giving you a handsaw and go, all right, if you want to, or like a push lawnmower in, a, in, a, in a someone's yard, right? Like, hey, if you're tired, come to me and I'll give you this push lawnmower and I'll let you mow. And I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do, right? Like whenever I hear this, I don't want to work, I want to rest. But let me show you a picture of a yoke. You can toss that up. This is a yoke, and if you can imagine uh, two bulls or oxen, their heads would go through these holes, and uh, it would actually attach two of these things together. And what it was forced them to do is it would force them to go at the same pace. Now listen to me. Jesus is inviting you to a better way. He is saying, hey, if you feel tired, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel overworked, if you're exhausted, if you're depleted, come to me and I will give you rest. And guess what? That's going to come in the form of walking the way that I walk. You're going to have to get on my level. You're going to have to walk at my pace, but I'm going to slow you down. And I'm going to show you that you just need to walk slowly. Do life my way. And, and when we take on his yoke, it forces us to walk in stride and in step with Jesus and to live the way that Jesus lived his life. So is there a better way? Yes, there is. And we're gonna teach you what that better way is over the next few weeks. Because I think that some of you, if you're honest, you would ask, does Christianity even work? And yes, it does. The answer is yes but maybe there's a better way of doing it than what you've been doing. And so instead of giving you the solutions today, instead of giving you the one, two, three, the ABCs of how to get this done, I wanna kinda let you know where we're going. But some of you, you might be hearing this and you're like, okay, well guess what? Jesus wasn't a single mom working two jobs trying to stay above water. Or hey, Jesus didn't have student loan debt like I do. Or Jesus didn't work for a boss that's the spawn of Satan. You know, like uh, we were talking about that today. We're praying for you, Michaela, in Jesus' name. Don't share this message with him, okay? She, okay, okay, great, okay. She's old. <laughs> but some of you, you might be thinking that, well, Jesus doesn't have the circumstances. And you know what? He wasn't a single mom. Jesus is a boss. His dad is not the spawn of Satan. Okay, uh, he didn't have student loan debt that I'm aware of, right? But uh, Jesus did have a pretty tall order to fill and it was to live a perfect life and to die for your sins. That's pretty hard. Jesus has some legs to stand on. And in the midst of living his life, that was very high pressure. When was the last time you went out in public and thousands of people crowded around you because they were needing healing or needing to be, you know, demons expelled from I mean, like, Jesus dealt with this all the time. And he would always stop. He would always spend time with his father. Uh, he would always have uh, long meals and deep conversations. And he would stop to listen to people who were hurting around him. He refused to go at the pace that made him change who he was. He refused. 
And if you ever, ever think there's gotta be a better way, I would tell you there is. And it's not only found in the truth of Jesus, but it's found in the way that Jesus lived. So I'm not gonna give you solutions, but let me tell you where we're gonna go. Most of us, we feel rushed, we feel stressed, we feel overwhelmed with life. So next, or we're gonna be talking about these things. We're gonna talk about how to have an uh, unhurried rhythm of grace. We're gonna talk about that. Most Christians are overcome by temptations and you feel far from God and you're spiritually dry or dull. Well, we wanna show you how to have unbroken fellowship with the Father. We're gonna talk about that. A lot of you are unfocused. Come on, this I should be talking into a mirror right now. You are unfocused, preoccupied, distracted by stupid stuff. So we're gonna talk about the uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. We're gonna talk about that. And a lot of us have a path that we regret. Listen, I'm talking to somebody right here. You have a past that we regret while at the same time worrying about your future. And we are present physically, but our minds are somewhere else. So we're gonna talk about how to have an undivided attention in the moment. How to have an undivided attention in the moment. And some of it's gonna require you to be on this thing a lot less, by the way. Spoiler alert, I'm sure we're gonna talk about this a lot. So if you're tired of living this way, if you're tired, I wanna tell you that there's a better way. Jesus's way of doing things. There is a better way and it's his way. So here's what we're gonna do as we end the service today. I have nothing that I could share right now that's gonna help you. And I think that I'm talking to a lot of us in this room. So we're gonna do something that we've never done before, okay? And we're just all gonna do that. Can y'all just, can we just do this together for a little bit? All right, can y'all just nod your head like, hey, we're in, we're gonna do this. Okay, good. Please, just lie to me. Just tell me you're gonna do it and then don't do it, okay? We're all gonna do this together. And we're gonna just create some space right now. We're good on time. You'll make it home for kickoff. Lord bless Derek Henry in Jesus' name. Okay. But I do wanna create space in this moment. I'm not worried about going to eat. I'm not worried about tearing all this stuff down so I can go home. I'm not worried about anything. I'm gonna worry about this moment. I want you to worry about this moment. And maybe as I've been talking to you, you've realized, man, there, is, there are some things in my life. There are some things that like just feel unsettled. Like I've asked that, does Christianity even work? Maybe there's something going on in your life and a, a past regret that you have that you just have such a hard time getting over. Maybe there's a need in your life that you need prayer for right now. We're gonna open up this space and we're gonna have a time to respond. And I wanna tell you right now, drop the pride that you have right now thinking, I can't go after prayer. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I just wanna tell you that right now. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask the people that are gonna be praying. I'm gonna to go to the back. Uh, Pastor Steph will show you where to go. And they're gonna move, they're gonna get in the back. So I, I'm actually gonna sing a song, a response song. And I'm doing this, I didn't want a worship team involved. I wanted you guys to have a chance to participate in this if you wanted to as well. But I wanna just, we're gonna sit in this moment. We're not gonna start that song yet. We're just gonna sit in this moment in a second. And I'm gonna pray. When I say amen, we also have communion set up in the back, back here. Maybe it's been a long time since you truly remember what God did for you. 
Maybe you've not taken communion before because you haven't become a Christian until recently, or maybe you've been gone for a while and this might be a good time for you to go take communion and just say, God, thank you. So there's cups back there that have bread, that have like little styrofoam pieces of bread, you don't know what I'm talking about, and then the juice. Um, it's not glamorous, all right, but we're a church plant. And, uh, but you can go take that communion back there. Or you can go back and there's Ryan and Jess back here. We got Ryan Smith and, and Stephanie back here. We would love to pray with you. And so we're just gonna, there's gonna be some movement happening. That's okay. I'm gonna start singing a song that I think is really appropriate for this moment. Maybe you wanna just stand and sing this song. Maybe you just wanna stand and worship. Maybe you just wanna sit and just listen to what this song is saying and just have an encounter with God today. Can we just have the space to do that in church? Come on, can we just do that today? And if you don't wanna do anything, just stay there and enjoy it, all right? I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a powerful time, but I think God's moving in some of your hearts. And it's time, today, let's, let's get some prayer. Let's have a time of response. And so God, this time is yours. God, would you give boldness right now to people that need to get up and go get prayer in a second? I pray that this would just be a holy moment. God, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whatever, however you want to respond today, feel free to go get communion, go get prayer, and then in a second, we'll start singing.